everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you're joining us. And I don't know about you, but I am excited for next week. Because next week, we are having our legacy high school camp right here at New Hope Church. And I am looking forward to it. I know next week, Wednesday, is going to be packed. Because we're going to have hundreds of high schoolers here. And they're going to learn about Jesus and his amazing love for him and how they can live a legacy starting right now. And what's so awesome is that uh, we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part. In fact, in the next few days, you're going to see there's going to be camping tents outside, just like our Defiant Junior High camp. But the best part about it is when, my, my favorite part about camp is when the kids come and God just takes hold of their hearts and reminds them how much he loves them. And you know what's so, so amazing is that we get to play a part in that. At this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. And I just want to say, for those of you who give to New Hope Church, thank you so much for investing in the lives of the next generation. Because if nobody invested in the next generation, I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be here. Many of my friends who were once youth, they wouldn't be here. And we want to get to see what God is going to do in the next generation. Now, you might be visiting us for the very first time. And if that's you, we ask that you don't uh, feel obligated to give this evening. In fact, just receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. Or maybe you're visiting from another church. And we just want to uh, encourage you to continue to give wherever you attend church services. But if New Hope Church is where you call home, just know that what God does here, it impacts for all of eternity. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray for our tithes and offerings tonight? Lord, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you so much for everything that you're doing, not in just the next generation, but in each and every generation, in each and every one of your people, Lord. And what a joy it is that we get to be a part of that. So Lord, as we give our tithes and our offerings unto you, Lord, we know that you're going to take it, and you're going to multiply it so that more and more people would be impacted by your amazing love. And Lord, we pray continue to transform your people, that they would know how much you love them, that you'd bring them hope and a future that's found in you. Thank you, Lord, for just what you're going to do next week. Thank you for what you're doing already in the lives of all of us here. We look forward to what you're going to continue to do in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Thank you so much. Can we say thank you to our worship team? Did such a good job in using their gifts for God. And I know some technology failed, Pastor Ben, but when technology fails, God never does. So we keep worshiping him. Tonight, we're going to continue in a series that we've been in, and we're talking about the disciplined life of that prayer uh, that God gave to us in Matthew chapter 6 to pray over. So I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles in two places. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 6. So you can turn to, actually turn to Matthew chapter 6 first, and then we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, like if you don't carry a Bible like this, then you probably have one on your phone. And I would suggest and strongly, highly recommend that you have a Bible. Why? Because if you're a believer, you're going to need the Word of God to believe. And you got to believe in something when you believe in God. So if you're a person who says, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, but I don't get into the Word of God, it's going to be very difficult to believe in the God you say you have received without his word. You're going to need his word, and here's why. In our world today, 
there are so many different opinions when it comes to the God we serve. So when it comes to different opinions, videos, uh, what people may say on, uh, through social media, you're going to have all of those different angles and, and different opinions. You have to go back to the word of God. That's why it's important for us, even when we come on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, to go back to the word of God, to check it out for yourself, to go back to the scripture and see what God is saying to you also, not just in the context of the body of Christ, but in the context of your relationship with him. And that's what we want to do. We want to develop that disciplined prayer life. We also have our church app that you can take out because the notes are in there. It'll help you to follow along. And the scriptures are in there also. And if you think about the disciplined life that God holds us accountable for with him, when it comes to prayer, it doesn't come naturally. We're not born with a discipline to pray. Now, as we grow up and we learn about prayer, or even as a believer, when we learn about prayer, Maybe in the beginning, we pray to God because everything is new. Our relationship with him is new. So we do the things that are required in order for us to have this relationship with God. For instance, when you first started dating, you do the things required to fall in love with each other or be on that date. You call one another up. You text one another. You, you used to write letters to each other back in the day. You'd write letters. You'd put a stamp on it, and then you'd mail it out. You do the things you used to do, and those things caused you to develop your relationship. There were certain key things that you did in the beginning of the relationship to bring that relationship to become stronger. And it's no different with God. With God, there are certain things that we do, basic things that we do, to grow in our relationship with him. And the key component is prayer. It's having that time with God where we get to talk with God, we get to pray with God. It's an ongoing relationship that is being built. So let's not neglect prayer. And it does take discipline. Because after a while, just like any relationship, we take for granted the things we used to do that made us fall in love or come into this relationship. And we take that for granted and then we stop doing the things we used to because now we're in the relationship. We used to open the door for her when, when we were dating. And then now it's like, you open your own door. It's, things change. In the beginning of the relationship, you used to write poems, you used to say kind things, you used to say you're sorry quickly, but now it's completely different. You don't write poems anymore. You, you say things. You, you, we try to say poetic things, and it may not come across great, but we try our very best to keep the relationship going, not based on the things we used to do because we think those things are done. We don't need to do those things anymore. Especially if you're married. If you're married and you've stopped dating, that's not good. You should continue to date in your marriage, preferably your spouse. That's what it's supposed to be. You continue to date your spouse. Got to make that clear because some people, they might take that out of context. So make sure you do the things you used to do in your relationship to keep the relationship thriving. And it's no different with God. You continue to do the things you used to do in the beginning of your relationship with God to keep the relationship thriving. And one of them is prayer. Prayer is so important because that's our connection with God. And it's amazing how God does that when it comes to prayer, that we can pray to God anytime, in any language, with any emotion. And God accepts it and still connects with us. Some of us are angry with God. Some of us are, are, are doubtful of God. But yet we still pray to God. Well, God is still there. He's still listening. So our prayers, when we, when we pray to God, 
although it may be mixed with some emotion, it could, it could be a joyful prayer, it could be a, a, a depressing prayer, he still hears our prayers. So we shouldn't back away from God regardless of how we feel. We should always remember that the prayer life and a disciplined prayer life is something that God welcomes. See, God thinks of everything and he thought of everything when he created us. How he wired us up, how we would function, how we would live as human, human beings and, and how we would live and survive. He, he, he thought of every single thing. And he even thought about our connection with him called prayer. And our prayer during this series is that we wouldn't neglect what prayer is. And the way to do that is to develop a disciplined prayer life. So when it comes to the discipline of a, a prayer life or a prayerful life, it, it comes back to our faith in God. And if you're reading our devotions, you know, here at our church, we go through the Bible in one year. And it's a Bible reading plan that takes us through the Old Testament and New Testament in one year. In, in fact, the, the New Testament we go through twice, and I, I believe the book of Proverbs we go through also a couple times. But if you're reading along with us with the bookmarker that we use or in our church app, or if you use YouVersion, which is another church app, they have the Bible reading plan. We're reading in the book of Hebrews. And in a couple of days, you're going to read Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the Hall of Faith. And when you read Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to see men and women who have, has, have such a strong faith in God that they were able to accomplish the impossible. That without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, all things are possible. And so tonight, we want to talk about a dependent faith. The kind of faith that is so dependent on God that it's not about what we see, but who we believe in. And if we, if we are to pause for a moment and, and just think of where the world is at right now, it is at a critical place, especially for believers, because we may have been desensitized to all the things that are happening around us that God is doing. Because normally what we do is we look at the things that are not going well, and then we base God's goodness and his power on all the things that are not going well. Now, normally the media is not going to broadcast all the good things that God is doing. Like, you got to really search for that. But if you have this relationship with God and he gives you his perspective and you're looking at things from God's perspective, you will see all the good things that God is doing. When Jesus was walking on the earth, he also was instructing and, 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 and helping people to see that the kingdom of God is at hand. And he was even broadcasting that. He was... He was connecting with people and letting them know that here is a God who intimately is in love with you. He intimately wants to be in your life and he wants to be that close to you. Some people caught it, some people didn't. But the ones that did, they grew closer to God. Now, even though Jesus was on this earth and broadcasting that, there are people who hated him, people who loved him, and people who were just suspicious of him. They're skeptical of him. And so some people kept their distance from him. But that, that didn't change what Jesus was doing. And it didn't change who he was. He stayed to his assignment and he accomplished everything he was supposed to do. Jesus depended on the Father. And Jesus and his dependence on the Father is also given to us. That our dependence on God is not the kind of dependence as just in a crisis moment or just in a chaotic situation that we cry out to God. God is also there in the good times too. Let's not forget that. That even though things may be going well and things may be happening according to how we feel that are, that are good, it doesn't mean we neglect God. What it means is that we stay close to God. 
And sometimes when our life is going well, we forget about God because we don't need him. That's why when Jesus prays this prayer in Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to turn there, Matthew chapter 6. When Jesus says, this is how you ought to pray. In fact, it was his disciples that said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Like out of everything that you do, Jesus, you do miracles. Uh, you are, you're, you're very good with people. You have good people skills. Uh, you can raise dead people to life. Uh, you can walk on water. You can multiply fish and bread. Those are great things. But Jesus, we don't want to know about that. We want to know how to pray. Like there's something that the disciples saw in the prayer life of Jesus that they said, out of everything that you're doing, Jesus, we want to know how to pray. Like we know prayers, but you know how to pray. And so Jesus started with the basic relationship with God. And in the Lord's Prayer, he says, this is then how you ought to pray. Our Father in heaven. He starts with relationship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he comes to this part. He says, give us this day our daily bread. I love bread. I love bread. I love homemade bread. Heidi makes homemade bread. It is so good. Like you can smell it when our grandkids come over. They immediately, Gigi, you made bread. And, and it's kind of, uh, like when, when she makes bread and the grandkids come over, I'm bummed because they're going to eat it all. Like they eat so much of the bread. But normally Heidi makes two because she knows that they eat a lot. So, but I like bread with jelly and peanut butter between. Like a lot of peanut butter. It has to go to the edges and so does the jelly. And it has to be, it has to, like, it has to be heavy. It has to be thick and I have to have a glass of milk. Now I can't eat that every day. <laughs> if I did, I'd die soon. That daily bread, what, what Jesus is talking about is he's likening it to the needs of our basic essentials, the basic needs every day. And when he says to pray like this, what he's saying is when you pray to the Father, you're depending on his daily provision. You're not just praying to him and say, give us today our daily bread as in an act of your worship to him or an, an act of prayer or something that you're praying. He's saying, you're, you're literally saying, and give us today, this day, our daily bread. It's an act of thankfulness. It's an act of just the essentials, just the basic essentials. We're not saying, God, give me everything. We're just saying, God, just, the, just enough for today. Can, you, can, can I just be provided for today? It would be so amazing if Jesus said, oh, when you pray to the Father, say, and, and today and next month, and for the next 10 years, can you provide the rent? Can you provide the food and the gas money so that I can accomplish the things that I need to, so that I can live and survive? But Jesus said, just one day at a time. Jesus even said, we're not even promised tomorrow. So why would he even contradict himself? Why would Jesus say, well, God, can you provide for the next 30 days, but we don't know what tomorrow looks like? Why worry about tomorrow for today has enough cares of its own? Jesus was so crystal clear of our dependability on God, that we can trust in God, that even in our prayers we can say, and give us this day our daily bread. Specifically, one day at a time. And then we sleep, and then we wake up again, and then we pray once again, God, give us today our daily bread. See, God invites us to come to him so that we can be refreshed, so that we can be nourished, so that we can be renewed but it comes through this act of a disciplined prayer to give us 
this day, today, our daily bread. When Jesus was tempted by the enemy in Matthew chapter 4, you can turn there. In Matthew chapter 4, I'll read what was happening. And when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, this is Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, what happens after you fast for 40 days and 40 nights? You are thin, yes, but also hungry. So Jesus, he probably was thin and hungry. We just fasted last week. I can't tell you, man, after a fast, that's when you need to fast. It's after the fast because you eat everything, like a whole box of ice cream for some people. I'm just saying. So the tempter came to him and said, actually it was two boxes. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus could do this. He actually had the power to do this. But then Jesus answered. Now, remember, Jesus didn't argue with the devil. He didn't complain. He didn't say, man, you're right. I can do these things. And he didn't even say to the, to the devil, well, but I'm not hungry. Hey, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't need to argue. All Jesus said was, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Jesus says this phrase, He's, he's letting the enemy know that I am the bread of life. I came from God, that the word became flesh and has dwelt among us. In other words, when Jesus says to pray this and give us this day our daily bread, it's not just the necessities that we need for our physical needs, for food intake. What Jesus is also alluding to is that we are to rely on him as the bread of life. That we don't survive just on physical needs and, and, and food. We also need, as a believer, we need Jesus every single day. He's our daily bread. Jesus is not talking about just the, the, the nourishment that our body needs. He's also talking about the nourishment our spirit needs. That every single day, our spirit needs nourishment. Give us this day our daily bread. See, I, I, I can only imagine what life would look like if we as believers continue to pray this prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, that give us this day our daily bread. And I wanna, I wanna encourage all of us to, to kind of put this to our, like our disciplined life of prayer, that we would depend on God for our daily needs. In fact, we're gonna look at three of them today. And the first thing is this, that we depend on God for our daily needs. Now, you may work, you may, you may uh, get some kind of income, uh, maybe you live with someone and they provide for you, but think about where everything comes from. Everything goes back to God. God provides everything. Yeah, but I, 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 I work, I, I use my own strength, my own power, but who created you? Who gave you the wisdom? Who gave you the insight and the skills and the talent? God created us that way. He refreshes us. And when we come to God for our daily needs, his provision comes to us out of our disciplined life of prayer. It takes discipline to pray. In the book of James, James makes it so clear and makes a strong statement of dependent faith. And he says in James chapter 4, verse 2, that you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. 
Now, I remember reading this scripture for the first time, and I'm thinking, I ask God for a lot of things, and he doesn't give it to me. I ask God for so many things, and he doesn't give it to me. And then, you know, years later, when I look back on my prayers, I'm thinking, thank God he didn't answer that prayer, because that that wasn't a, a good prayer. At that time, I thought it was a good prayer. But what God does is when we say, God, this is what I'm asking for. If we're asking God, and it doesn't line up with what is good for us, then he'll give us a teaching moment. He'll correct us. That's the good thing about asking God. When the Bible tells us you don't have because you don't ask God, we don't have because we don't ask God. Also in the context of if we're asking God for things that are not good for us, then he's going to give us that wisdom that is required so that when we ask him, we ask in the context of what his desires are for us. For instance, I've prayed for years, God, change Heidi. Just change her. Lord, if, if she only listened to me, Lord, like if you developed a heart in her that if she just listened to me as my wife, she would listen to me, we would never argue ever. So if you just change her. Now, praying that prayer to God allowed God to say, okay, I'll work on Heidi, but here's what I want to do in you. That's not what I'm asking, Lord. I'm asking you to change Heidi. Change my children. Change this person. And the more you do that, the more God will continuously connect back with you. And what God will do is he'll start speaking to your heart, and he'll start changing you. And here's what is so great. As I started to change little things here and there, all of a sudden, Heidi changed. Like, all of a sudden, she was nice. All of a sudden, she was kind. All of a sudden, we didn't argue as much. It was super easy. And then I thought, wait a minute, God. If I changed and we no longer argued, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't her. Maybe our arguments was because I kept leaving my shirt on the ground and we kept grumbling about that. But now that I pick it up, huh, She doesn't have to say, pick up your shirt 40 times a day. I see what you did, God. That was so good. So what God does is he works on us in the prayers that we're asking of him. So when we say, God, I'm asking you for this. Listen for his wisdom. Don't don't think that, okay, God, I'm praying for this, so that's going to happen. Listen for God's wisdom. Because he, he may very well be giving us instructions. He may be giving us, he might be giving us the wisdom required for that specific moment. Because every single day, we need wisdom for the day. That's the daily need. God gives us everything we need specifically for our day. He wants to refresh us. He wants to build us up for that specific day. And as God builds us up each and every day, just like building a wall, you go brick by brick. After a while, you build this whole thing and it all started with one thing at a time. God was doing one thing at a time. I know I've often said this to Heidi in our relationship. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to change. I'll be different. No longer am I going to be like this. But then it's almost like saying, okay, I'm going to build this house in one day versus brick by brick, God. Help me brick by brick every single day. My daily needs. Help me one brick at a time. Because the Lord is ready to release his blessing. But just because he's ready to release his blessing, just because he's ready to, to, to provide for us, it doesn't mean that that replaces our asking of him. He still wants us to ask. We do that with our children. 
when they come to the kitchen and they look, you know, famished. We wait for them to say something. It's like, what do you need? Oh, can I have cookies? <laughs> and we know what they're going to ask. We can, we can sense what they're going to ask. But we allow them to ask. Why? Because we want them to communicate. And God wants us to communicate with him because we're in this relationship with him. God doesn't bypass our needs. He doesn't bypass our need as we prayerfully ask him for what we need just because he knows what we need. He wants us to ask him because what kind of relationship would that be if God just spoon-fed us? We become spoiled children, but God wants a relationship with us so we depend on him for every single need every single day. Here's the second thing. That we, be, we, we depend on God every single hour of our day. Every hour of every day, we depend on God. It's easy for us to forget about God. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but we forget about God every single day in every hour or some hours. Like if we were to have some type of app that, was, that, that could keep, keep account on how often we forgot about God during our day, and then at the end of the day, you could tally back what hours, which hours we forgot about God. I'm pretty sure there may be some hours throughout the day that we forgot about God. What Jesus does is he says, when you pray this prayer, give us this day. He's talking about the 24 hours that we have in a day. Give us this day, every hour of every day, the nourishment that we need from you, God, every single hour of the day. That's a dependent faith. We're dependent on God, the needs that, that we have for every single day that God has for us. Jesus is saying, depend on God for that. It's not a, it's not a desperation prayer or a, a demeaning prayer that, God, you're not providing for me. It's a prayer that says, I'm dependent on you. I'm solely dependent on you. It's not a chaotic prayer or an out-of-control prayer that we run to God in a, in a time of crisis and we say, God, I need your help right now. I need to pay this right now. I need to help this person right now. I need help right now. Now, we will have those prayers. When something of health comes up or someone is, is not doing well, we'll have those prayers. But what Jesus is saying is every single hour of every single day, it's a prayer that's dependent on who God is, not dependent on our own strength, not dependent on what we see, but it's dependent on who God is. And when we have a dependent faith, it beckons us to develop this relationship with God, a disciplined prayer life, so that we learn that a dependent faith and a dependent prayer is a way for us to stay connected to God, to understand God's commitment to us, his faithfulness to us, and how he provides for us. Sometimes we think God provides in the form of a monetary gift or something like that or a raise at our job or, or more money. But God does things that we know not of. He keeps our cars running. He keeps us healthy. He keeps our children healthy. He, he provides for us through tuition or scholarship or, or someone blessing us with a meal or going to a, a potluck and they give you like the rest of the whole, you know, Kalua pig and you have dinner for days. We don't even think about that. But God provides for us. He constantly provides for us. Our dependent faith on God comes in, 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 in different ways. And whenever God provides, he provides for exactly what we need. That's the thankful heart that we have. He provides for us for every single need that we would have. In the book of Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, it tells us to teach us to number our days 
that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, that, that, that prayer right there, it's, it's a reminder that we only have so many days to gain wisdom. Only so many days. I remember being in high school and, and not taking things seriously. I remember being in art class and, and English uh, and, and history, and I didn't take it seriously. But now, I wish I did because I need to be better with English, and I wish I knew history better. But at that time, I didn't think that this wisdom was necessary. I didn't think it was going to do anything for me or math. I need math today. But it's the same thing with God. Sometimes we don't take things seriously in the beginning, even our relationship with him. But then God sees 20, 30 years later, and he says, this is the wisdom you're going to need today, every hour of the day, because your days are numbered. So you're going to need every hour of the day my wisdom so that as time goes on, this is where you're going to be. Oh, it may be for the afternoon. It may be for the evening. Yeah, it may be down the road. But God says the wisdom that I'm giving to you is so that as I teach you to number your days, you may gain a heart of wisdom. And when Jesus said to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. It shows our need for accountability in each and every minute of the day, every hour of the day. And just as much as the needs and necessities are for food and other daily needs, God says that's how important it is to come to God and say every single day, every single hour, I depend on you. And how, how, how our lives can change for the better or for the worst each hour of the day with the decisions that we make, it varies from decision to decision. So when God says, I'm going to give you wisdom for the day at each and every hour, we don't know what that's going to look like, but he knows exactly what it looks like. In Psalm chapter 31, verse 15, it says that the course of my life is in your power. Rescue me from the power of my enemies and my persecutors. This is a very wise prayer when it comes to our daily needs for every hour of the day. So powerful that any tactics from the enemy is thwarted because we prayed this prayer. That we're saying any, any, any course that I take, any, any direction I take in my life, Lord, can you, can you rescue me from the power of my enemies every hour of the day? Because I don't know what's going to happen during the day. I don't know what's going to happen at work. I don't know what's going to happen in school. But you give us victory every hour of the day. So I'm trusting in you. My faith is dependent on you every single day. That he even ruins the plans of our enemies. The Bible even tells us that no weapon in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. That no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Now, we'll read the scripture and we'll say, oh, that's so good that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And that God will even take care of my enemies. But here's, here's what we don't remember. I, I have often spoke, uh, spoken to people and have talked with people that their life is the same that it was 10 years ago in the context of going through the same things, whether it would be relationships, an addiction, whether it would be difficulties in life, uh, struggling with fighting all the time, whatever it would be. It's like there's a, there's a, a period of time that they've never changed. 
and they'll come to me with the same prayer. Can you, can you pray for me in this area? And after a while, I'm thinking, what, what is happening? And most of the times, I've heard this said often, that the individual that goes through this for th this length of time, blame the devil. And they'll say, the devil is just out to get me. He constantly is, is, you know, coming against me. And man, the devil is always doing this. And I'm thinking, you've been saying that for 10 years. Do you not know that you have authority over the devil? That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So tell me your story. Well, you know, I got into this relationship. It went bad. And yeah, there was some, you know, some TROs on me. And, you know, then I had to ch change relationship because this person was no good. So I went to this relationship. And oh my goodness, the family was horrible. So I got a TRO on, you know, that family gave me a TRO on me. So, you know, I had to stay from there. And then, oh, I just went downhill. I started to use drugs again. But I was clean and sober for a while. And then I went back. And, and so back and forth. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. When the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper... It's the principle of God, which means it's unchanging. So what you're doing is you're forming a weapon against yourself. In other words, when you don't use the wisdom of God, you become the weapon against yourself. And when you're the weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're basically setting yourself up to become a weapon that never prospers against yourself. So really, the battle is not with the devil. God takes care of that. The battle is you've now become a weapon against yourself. And now you cannot prosper because no weapon which you've become formed against you shall prosper. When Jesus says, to give us this day, today, our daily bread. It's the wisdom required for that day. It may take you 10 years to get there, or it can take you one moment in a prayer to no longer be the weapon that is formed against yourself. It's really up to you. It's our choice. And God says, I will take care of the enemy. You don't need to worry about the enemy. I, I take care of the enemy. And if he is a weapon that is formed against you, he will not prosper against you. See, if it is Satan, if it is the enemy who comes against you, the good news is that the enemy was conquered by Christ. So what we need to focus on is Jesus, not the enemy. And when we focus on Jesus and we have that prayer life with God, through Jesus Christ, then all things work together for good. And he's the one that prospers us. It's our inheritance with God, which is our last point, number three, that we depend on God for strength. Spiritual strength, physical strength, God gives us that. We depend on him for that. That's where the renewal comes in with God, that he gives us daily bread the, pr the prayer is, give us our daily bread, which is daily strength, daily victory, daily power, daily provision, daily vision for my life, daily renewal. God, what are, whatever you want to do in me, renew my life, the strength that I need for today, every hour of the day, Lord, that's what I need today. And he will help us to overcome anything that stands in the way of his purpose in our lives, every promise in our life. 
Anything that stands in his way, he's able to take care of that. Even the time that slips between our fingers throughout our day, he's able to take care of that. And I don't know about you, but this year is going by super quick. Out of all the years that I've lived, all 47 of them, I think that's how old I am. That's how you know you're getting older. You forget. It seems like it's going by super fast. But even the time that slips between our fingers, even the time that we feel we're losing, God says, no, I, I can redeem even time for you. I can help you in that area. I can strengthen you even in the area of time. It's never too late to be a good husband. It's never too late to be a good wife. It's never too late to be in this relationship with God. It starts today. It's never too late to be a good father. Even though we may have done things that we're not proud of, it's never too late. It's never too late to live the life that God promised for us to live because we have this relationship with him. He gives us this day our daily bread. We're dependent on God for our strength. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 25 tells us that your sandals shall be iron and bronze. As your days show, so shall your strength be. In other words, every day God can strengthen us. Where our feet, where our feet go, it'll be solid and sure. Because God is providing for our daily needs. He strengthens us every single day. And when we submit our day to him, he will always come through. He will always bring the victory and he will always masterfully show his faithfulness and meet all of our needs. He does it very well. Philippians 4.19 tells us, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And when we develop this prayer life with him and we have that disciplined prayer life, our, our faith is dependent on him. When we develop that, and it's all in God, he matches our daily needs with his daily power and strength and provision that is equal to our need. In other words, God doesn't give us any less, and he may not give us any more. He gives us just what we need. And we forget about that because we forget how much strength we need for the day, or we may not even know how much strength we need for the day because we don't know what our day consists of. But God does. If you, if you study any athlete, any, any Olympian, any superstar athlete, and you'll watch them play, whether it be you know, baseball or basketball or soccer or swimming, any, any type of sport, you may see what they're doing during the game. And they're running, they're, they're jumping, they're swinging. And you may look at that and think, boy, that's, that takes a lot of practice. Which is true. It takes a lot of practice. But a lot of what we don't see that is necessary for their success comes through how much caloric intake they have, how much food they eat. And depending on how many calories you need for your sport is depending on how, or, or how many calories you need for what is needed for whatever sport you, 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 you're doing will let you know how much food you need to eat. Now, I don't think we're people who need 12,000 calories a day. We may eat 12,000 calories a day, but we don't need 12,000 calories a day. But this guy does. This is Michael Phelps. And I found this, and I wanted us to just watch this real briefly to understand the daily needs for the strength that God gives to us. Let's watch this. If you want to be able to perform the best, no matter what you're doing, you have to be able to have nutritious foods. When I was in high school, and, and shortly after high school, I was probably eating eight to 10,000 calories a day. 
because I was losing so much weight daily just from all the calories were burning in, inside the water and I literally was shoveling food into my mouth just to make sure I was maintaining weight. It was brutal. Brutal. For me, it was just more important about hitting and maintaining weight. I got kind of used to eating what I needed to or eating what I had to. Like eating and, and trying to stay on top of everything was a job because of how much we were swimming and how many calories we were burning. I think really going into 2016, I, I took a different approach because I was older and my body was a little different than what it was in the past. So I, I looked at it as really my body being a high performance car. And you're not going to put low grade, like unleaded, in a high, a high performance car. You're going to put the best kind of gasoline you can into that car to make sure it runs as smooth as possible and the best possible. I don't eat much red meat. Uh, I might eat red meat maybe once or twice a month. Uh, I eat a lot of chicken, eat a lot of fish. And I just eat a ton of greens. I mean, I eat, a, I eat a ton of spinach every day. So it just depends really what we're in the mood for. I mean, probably chicken almost every night, five nights a week. Yeah, it's, it's just harder for your body to break down red meat. I mean, I, I try to stay away from eating red meat late, like all those little small things. It's hard to digest. But I do love a burger, though. I will say that. You know, I like when he said, you don't, you don't use just any kind of gasoline for a high-performance car. And I liken that to a believer, a Christian, someone who says they believe in Jesus Christ. That God sees you as a high-performance type of person, not in the act of performing for God, but in the value that he sees in us. And whenever God sees value in someone, he's going he's gonna to give the daily need for to match that value, the strength that we need every hour of the day, the needs that we have. And so God is not going to just pour into our spirit, just annual spirit. He pours into our spirit, his spirit. He gives us his word. This is how we feel up every single day. And he pours that into our life so that we can, we can have the strength required for the day's need. Whatever is, is coming up and whatever we need for the day, he says, I, I, I have it right here. This is how you feel up. But you have to have a, a faith that is dependent on me. We're going to pray, and we're going to pray that we would have that kind of faith in God and a disciplined prayer life, if you would bow your heads with me. Lord, you have given us your word. You have given us a way to, to be empowered by your spirit. You fill us up and you fill us up so that we would have strength for the day, that we'd have daily needs met by you. Every hour of the day, we're dependent on you. There are things that happen that we're not ready for, but there are things that you see coming that you can ready us for, you can strengthen us for, that you can build our spirit up for. And so every day, Lord, help us to develop that disciplined prayer life that is so dependent on you, that our faith is dependent on you, not on our words, not on our deeds and our acts and, and the things that we do, but truly on you. Can you build that in us? The things that distract us, the things that pull us away from you, can you help us to discipline ourselves so that we can spend time with you in prayer, in the word, and if we haven't been, Lord, we can start small. You said to be faithful in the little. And even if it's just a 30-second prayer in the morning or before we go to bed or a minute or we just open up to the book of Matthew and, and, and pray your prayer that you taught us to pray. It doesn't have to be word for word, but it's a template to teach us how to pray that you would give us this day 
our daily bread, the needs of today. Lord, with every relationship that we're in, whether it be with, with our, our, our loved ones, our, our parents, our children, our spouse, Lord, we pray that even in our relationships, that you give us wisdom for our relationships, for our children and how to parent, how to be a, a loving spouse and, and how to be a believer in this world as we deal with relationships. I pray for our finances and, and wisdom for that, for our daily financial needs, that you give us wisdom and, and, and wisdom that comes from you that we would steward well what you give to us. We pray for our health, that you would also give us wisdom for that, that we would foresee the dangers ahead and take precautions today to be wise in how we take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is our bodies. But more than our physical body, Lord, you're more concerned about our spiritual body, that we would be in your word. We call it doing devotions because we devote our time to you. We want to be consistent with you, Lord. So thank you for speaking, us, speaking to us tonight in how we can develop a prayerful life and how we can be dependent on you, that our faith is in you. And without faith, Lord, it is impossible to please you. But he who comes to you must believe that you are, that you exist, and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek after you. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen, amen. God is so good. He's going to give us the, the words that we need. He's going to give us the wisdom that is required. <laughs>